You're listening to Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers, whose mission is to preserve dignity, protect independence, and provide peace of mind for their clients and loved ones by providing exceptional home care. 97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Welcome to this episode of Caring Connections. Joining me today is Carla Anderson, publisher of the Triangle Senior Living Guide and author of Did God Forsake Jesus on the Cross? Uncovering the Treasure of Jesus' Dying Words. Today we are going to be discussing spirituality and aging, and it's my pleasure to have you with us today, Carla. Thank you, Nicole. It's a pleasure to be with you. So Carla brought with her today some of the top 10 things that we may not know about spirituality and aging that we probably should, and I'm going to highlight a few of those today for you. The first is the relationship between a spiritual life and its effect on health and physical well-being. What do you have to say about that, Carla? Well, Nicole, I think evidence has shown over the years that there's actually um, that those who practice their faith Mm -hmm. actually have a better attitude and sometimes a more rapid recovery. And this seems to be true in many cases. And especially with older adults? Absolutely. In fact, I think the maturing adult whose faith has become more meaningful to them in the end relies on it more heavily as they get ill. Now, I like that term, mature adult. That's awesome. (laughs) I've been trying to come up with a better term than saying older adult, so I think I might steal that from you if I give you credit. Is that okay? You absolutely can, Nicole. (laughs) All right, I've got that on the record now. (laughs) She can't say I didn't give her permission. That comes a famous word. (laughs) Okay, the next one is uh, spiritual care by healthcare providers is becoming more prevalent as training in this field increases. It is. And, you know, this has been something very important to people throughout civilizations, even early civilizations, that they would incorporate a spiritual aspect to the healing of the whole person. I think now, you know, in medical professions, a lot of times bedside manners or spiritual topics are kind of taboo. People aren't trained to do that in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. But now with the boomers coming of age mm-hmm. and they're wanting more of a good death, I think that these people are seeing the need that the whole person needs to be addressed in the healing process. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean body, soul, and spirit. Definitely. So more of a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an interesting term, spiritual care, because um, as I've become more closely affiliated with hospice work, I've noticed that there's been some language change since I first entered the field about, I don't even know, I dare even say maybe 17 years ago now, Mm -hmm. they used to call the people that did the spiritual care chaplains, and now they call them spiritual care coordinators a lot of times. Right. You know, not excluding anybody's individual faith, because perhaps a chaplain might 
suggest maybe just a Christian-based faith or something like that. So I think people are looking more at the whole person versus Mm faith-based, which I think is great. Great point. Uh, And the last I'm going to bring up right now is how loss of freedom, for example, what we call in the medical terms, ADLs or activities of daily living, such as driving, walking, um, ambulating, um, dressing, can create depression and a loss of former identity and value, a search for replacing losses with new activities and meaning. Yes, and I've noticed this um, even with my own mother. There are things that um, she's lost her husband, my mm-hmm. father. She's lost her driver's license um, because of macular degeneration. She's lost the ability to move about. Mm-hmm. And and as I watch her age, I see the need for her to replace some of these losses because you begin to lose your identity when you used to be an active person and now you can no longer even drive to get there. Um, I think replacing or adding on some values that have meaning sort of help keep that person whole and not losing bit by bit. And so so spirituality or finding one's faith and having it become a larger part of your life Mm -hmm. can sometimes... Uh, fill in those gaps mm-hmm. for someone who has um, experience in those losses. Plus, I like the idea that faith uh, brings uh, community. Mm-hmm. There is a, and so isolation is, and loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, can certainly lead to depression. Sure. And, and when, cognitive impairment, frankly. If you're isolated, you're not stimulating your brain. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a community, even if you're shut in, mm-hmm. um, and there are people that share your same faith and mm-hmm. interests, they can come over, you can be in touch with them, mm-hmm. and replace some of the loneliness. Definitely. Okay, so Carla, what would you say the medical research in the field of spirituality shows, such as its findings, specifically regarding spiritual life and its effect on a health, healthier outlook? Well, evidence has shown that uh, those who have a certain strong faith tend to actually recover sooner mm-hmm. and have a better outlook on, on their overall well-being. In fact, some recoveries are so profound that they even mystify the the physicians or the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. So there, there has got to be something to that. Mm-hmm. You know, my own father, he's a Vietnam veteran, doesn't talk about it very much, but mm-hmm. similar Early, um, he was left for dead in the battlefields. He was shot very severely through the back and went through part of one of the chambers of his heart. And um, he was paralyzed from the chest down. And they said he'd never walk again. And mm. then this man walks. He does amazing <laughs> things. You would never know that this happened to him in his past life. He built my childhood house with his bare hands, actually. And, and you know, and he's also holds other, you know, academic type positions in the community as well. So it's amazing that these these things, when you do have beliefs, can truly appear to be miracles. And he that to his faith. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. So it's it's amazing. That's wonderful. So despite the controversy, do you think the role of religion in healthcare is growing? I do. And I know that 
this is controversial, like you said, mm-hmm. and people are afraid to approach subjects where they might be politically incorrect mm-hmm. or afraid of offending people. Mm-hmm. But they have found that most people want to be treated as a whole person. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to approach spirituality in a medical setting so you can determine, you know, by asking. They could start by asking, is spirituality important to you? Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain faith? Mm-hmm. Do you have someone to talk with? Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't, would you like to be connected with someone who would? Plus, I think... There has got to be a little more training in this field, or at least resources that say case managers mm-hmm. or social workers or physicians could rely on to give to the patient. Definitely. And we'll have more on that when we get back. We are going to take a quick break. And joining me today is Carla Anderson, who is with the Triangle Senior Living Guide and also an author. We'll be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. On 97.9 FM, WCHL, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connections. Welcome back. Joining me today is Carla Anderson, publisher of the Triangle Senior Living Guide and author of Did God Forsake Jesus on the Cross? And we are talking about spirituality and aging. And I'm having a wonderful conversation with you, Carla. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Nicole. This is such a joy. She is such a wonderful spirit. If you could only be in the same room with her, she (laughs) just brings light wherever she goes and just really energizes me for my day today. So thank you again, Carla. I'm enjoying it as much as you are, Nicole. (laughs) Okay, so... And I guess this is sort of somewhat of a complicated uh, question because this may be different depending on who you are in your aging process or just as an individual. But what do you think some of the triggers are that prompt older or mature people to examine or re-examine religion and faith? That's a good question, Nicole. I think the obvious one is the loss of loved ones. And in fact, just this last week, I've lost two friends. Oh, I'm and so sorry. yeah, and it it triggers someone to face their own mortality. Um, I worked in the funeral industry, and I probably ended up going and helping with about 200 funerals. Wow. And I noticed that um, the people begin to think about their own death. And um, by the way, it happens to 100% of the population. So <laughs> That um, Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But um, I think also, once you get older, you begin seeing that you actually have a longer past, maybe, mm-hmm. than a future. And so you may reflect on making sense of your past journey mm-hmm. up to this point. And so I think the tendency to search for meaning and purpose in what happened in your lifetime? Mm-hmm. Why did it happen? And where am I headed now? All of these kind of questions prompt someone mm-hmm. towards spiritual meaning. Did you find it, and this is sort of just an anecdotal, not research-based question, but did you find in your time in the funeral business that 
people that had a stronger sense of spirituality had an easier time with the grief process versus people who did not? Or was it just well, variable? Well, I would say definitely, I would say probably 90% of the people who had some type of faith that they could lean on. In other words, they were socialized to perform certain rituals. Mm-hmm. This is what is to be expected mm-hmm. at a time like this. It seemed like they their role was sort of cut out for them. Mm-hmm. And they could fall back on that faith. Um, those who didn't seem to struggle with, well, how are we going to memorialize? Or I don't understand why this happened. Mm-hmm. There were other, you know, questions of meaning mm-hmm. that seemed to come up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was just curious since I'd never been to 200 funerals what that experience is like. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So... If someone has not adopted a religion or faith during the course of their life, but now feel the need to balance their lives with a spiritual meaning, Carla, could you give me some suggestions that you could offer to aid them in their quest? Well, you know, prayer is an essential element in most all religions and spiritually minded people. And I would recommend simply starting with prayer, mm-hmm. um, communing with your maker, communing mm-hmm. with God, and asking, you know, if you're real, show me how to go forward. Um, give me some idea of who you are and mm-hmm. where I should go from here. I think prayer opens the door mm-hmm. for a communication. And I think that's what spirituality really is, is communing mm-hmm. with your higher power. But for me, it would be my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I encourage that as a beginning. And then maybe reaching out to other people whose faith seems very strong, somebody that has found peace in their faith and say, what is it that you have that I might need? What about um, somebody who has some type of, I guess, marginal mm-hmm. faith um, or religious activity throughout their life, mm-hmm. specifically you know, older adults who are looking towards maybe trying to come to peace with the end of their life. How do you think their faith changes, or what has the research shown as far as faith changing or maturing as a person ages? Mm, You know, Nicole, there's the statistics show that about 88% of Americans believe in God or a higher power. Um, I think there's a tendency um, as you grow up and you're raising your children that faith is just an activity Mm -hmm, that you participate in. (laughs) It's just something you have to do, like go to church on Sunday or synagogue or or something. Um, But as you age, you know, you want to find a deeper meaning in that faith. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, in the early years, I can remember even as early as five years old that I had a an acute awareness of God Mm -hmm. and that I wanted to talk with Him. And I cannot explain that Mm -hmm. other than it was just, I think children have an easier time, Mm -hmm. you know, accepting supernatural things because they haven't been conditioned against them. And then... um, Well, you're you're right right there. I mean, I I remember my my son, when he was two, I cared for my grandfather in his home, in my home, until he passed away. And I had a son that was two and I had a newborn had a puppy and a husband at the time, but, oh, I've survived all that. (laughs) But when my grandfather passed away, my son didn't know he died because we hadn't told him. And he was only two. I mean, it was sort of one of those, how do you explain it to a two-year-old? He came down to breakfast, 
and we had Cheerios. I remember he was still sitting in his high chair, and he said, look. And I said, what? And he said, look, it's Grandpa in the trees. And I said, what do you mean? And he was pointing to a bird. He's like, that's Grandpa, that bird. And he didn't know, and it was my grandfather's very favorite bird. It was a cardinal. And he didn't know. He was two that my grandfather's favorite bird was a cardinal. And he said, Grandpa's in the trees. He's not here anymore. So it's very interesting. It gives you goosebumps just to think about it. But um, I think you're right. Children are much more in tune to. And they even report seeing or Mm -hmm. talking to angels Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So according to Medscape, which Mm -hmm. is a part of WebMD, um, the intuitive ages are the early ages, Mm -hmm. ages two Two, to seven. (laughs) Uh And then maybe more of a literal faith, ages seven to 12. And that's when family morals and values and faith in God are, are somewhat internalized and you you know, as a child, you practice the family mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere, maybe your adolescence strays a little <laughs> bit. But after, When you're invincible. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, when you're not even thinking of end-of-life issues. Then, uh, you know, after that, in your 20s and 30s, faith is still accepted for the most part without much critical evaluation. But by the time you hit the 40s and 50s, You really start examining, Mm -hmm. you know, what is it that I believe and why do I Mm -hmm. believe it? Mm -hmm. And by the time you become 60 and over, I think, at least for me, this has been true, that some some of my beliefs that I had earlier in my 20s and 30s have been eliminated and new ones have taken their Mm -hmm. place and more of a solid, Mm -hmm. solid trust in the Lord has come about for me. So I think that's proven to be true. As as we mature, some of these conflicts are resolved and the faith is established. Well, I appreciate you doing that research for us, Carla. That yeah. was great. So we are going to take a quick break. And joining me today again is Carla Anderson, the publisher of the Triangle Senior Living Guide and also an author. We will be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL. Supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connection. Welcome back. Joining me is Carla Anderson, and we are talking about spirituality and aging, and this has just been a delightful conversation so far. Um, Carla is also an author, and she is also the publisher of the Triangle Senior Living Guide. Okay, Carla, one last question, and then I know that um, I want you to kind of go over some of the resources you brought with you today. Um uh, Increasing in the life expectancy has been given has given the retired person a chance at reinventing themselves. Um, so you know, obviously, we're living more and more for longer amounts of time. I mean, gosh, back in the back in the great Egyptian time, we'd all be dead by now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would have died a long we would time not ago. Be talking. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, maybe an older adult has put off something they've always wanted to be part of, or are looking for an opportunity to share their wisdom and experience. How can you tell me that you've actually witnessed or experienced someone's faith help them live out their years in a more fulfilling way? Well, Nicole, you know, most of our lives are spent surviving and (laughs) doing a job uh, where we have to bring in income and raise our families. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully by the time we retire, we can actually reflect on what is it I have always really wanted to do? Mm -hmm. Is it volunteer? Mm -hmm. Is it help the needy? And I think that's what we're really put on earth for Mm -hmm. is 
to shine our lights Mm -hmm. all the way until our light goes out. Mm -hmm. And so to me, as long as you're living, you still have light. Mm -hmm. You still have something to offer. And to go ahead and get involved is sometimes um, something. Giving back to others, serving others in a in a faith based way, can add years to your life and fulfillment while you're living. Mm-hmm. I, I I would definitely agree that. And if there's any way you can do it along the way, in what you're doing in your work to bring those little parts mm-hmm. together, I think that's that's an amazing thing to be able to do as well. So talk to us a little bit, Carla, about your book. You are an author. Yes, and speaking of doing things later in your life that you never thought you would do is write a book. It was something I always wanted to do, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think I could, and I didn't know where to start. So I just started anyway, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a great experience for me. In fact, I probably studied the subject over a period of about 10 years, but then I put pen to paper and started writing an outline. I started teaching it on the subject, and I've gotten some really tremendous reviews and help from it. I think it was a plaguing question. It always plagued me Mm -hmm. was, um, of course, I'm speaking as a Christian, Mm -hmm. and um, in my faith, um, you know, mostly it's taught that God had to turn his back on Jesus Mm -hmm. uh, on the cross because he was sin. And that always troubled me because I felt like if the Lord was doing his will, and here he was at a very vulnerable moment Mm -hmm. that certainly we'd never want our friends or loved ones to turn their back on us. Mm -hmm. So I just started beginning to do research, and I found that there is actually a beautiful hidden treasure Mm -hmm. in what Jesus said. And I don't want to give away (laughs) uh, the ending, but um, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's actually a quote involved Mm -hmm. that has a fulfillment in the Old Testament. So it would be of interest to Jewish faiths as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this book has a surprise ending. <laughs> oh, so, a cliffhanger. But it's very based in, in Scripture. And right now, um, it is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and locally at our own Quail Ridge Bookstore oh, oh, in nice. Raleigh. And again, the title is, Did God Forsake Jesus on the Cross? Uncovering the Treasure of Jesus' Dying Words. Because, you know, sometimes... Um, as we know, some of the the last words a person has to say are the most important. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Carla. It really has been a pleasure. Again, Carla Anderson is a publisher of the Triangle Senior Living Guide and an author, and we talked about spirituality and aging. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.